0: Let's pray together. Father, in this moment, as we open up your word, as we take a look at this prayer of deliverance this morning, we pray that you would open up our minds, our understanding, our hearts. And as a result of hearing from your word this morning, that we would be a changed people. We know that your word is is alive, it's active It's sharper than a two-edged sword. So we pray that you would do the necessary surgery on our hearts today and that you would make us into a a continued transformed people that you've called us to be. So we thank you for these moments, and we thank you for your word, for we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, in some form or another, we all deal with temptation. Would you agree with that? We all deal with temptation. And there are those times we we overcome it, and there are those times in our lives that we fall prey to it. In fact, there can be this, this tug of war that goes on inside of each and every one of us, just like the Apostle Paul talked about. The very things that he wanted to do, he didn't do, and the very things he shouldn't do, he does. And there's this tug of war that continues to do. We want to do what's best, but we can end up not only disappointing ourselves, but we end up disappointing God. And with regret, we hope that tomorrow is a better day. And yet we keep making the same mistakes. We keep making the same wrong choices. And we fall into temptation over and over and over again. We find it difficult to change. The reality is good intentions And willpower are not lasting. They're not good enough. And if your life is going to change, and if my life is going to change, I really have to break from that stuff that messes up my life, from those temptations and those bad patterns. We need help. And it's going to take more than, well, I hope tomorrow's a better day. It's going to take more than just hoping and wishing. The reality is, we often get stuck into this this cycle of of good intentions, right? Failure, then we experience guilt, and then we come before God and confess. And that, that cycle continues to go on and on and on good intentions, failure, guilt, confession. My question for us today is this Is that the way God wants us to live? As his followers, as his apprentice, as his disciples, is that really how God wants us to live? And the simple answer is absolutely not. So today as we continue in this series of the Lord's Prayer, we're going to be taking a look at this phrase. Lead us not into temptation, but what? deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. This is this prayer of deliverance that Brittany referenced a few moments ago. I think you would agree that we often think temptation is is an enticement or this this luring to do something that's evil, something that's wicked, mean, and nasty, that, that real bad stuff that happens in life, whether it's murder, adultery, fornication, those forbidden evil things in life. But I have found that Satan is much more subtle than that. I'm not tempted to murder anybody. Doesn't that make you happy? (laughs) But there are those subtle temptations that I can struggle with. Maybe you can identify with some of these. The temptation to do what is self-serving or best for me. Have you ever fallen into that temptation? Doing what's good for you? The temptation to do what's unimportant rather than that which matters most in life. The temptation to do what I've always done. The temptation to do what's right for the wrong reason. Maybe the temptation to do nothing when you see the poor, or you see the sick, or you see the needy, and you just walk on the other side of the road. The truth is, temptation is a lot more sneaky than we think. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says this. The temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. Now, isn't that good to know that collectively, you and I each have the same kind of temptations. The temptations that come your way are no different than the experiences that I might fight against, the temptations that I have. We all have those same basic temptations in life. But then it goes on to say, and God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you and I say, you know what, that temptation was so strong, I had to give into it, in essence, we're saying God is not faithful. In essence, we're calling God a liar because He's saying in His word that He's going to help us to stand up under it. He says, I will never allow more on you. Then I put in you to bear it up. And then he goes on to say, And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Isn't that wonderful to know? That he's going to give us an escape plan when we're facing temptation. The truth is, temptation's a choice, isn't it? It always comes down to a choice that you and I can make. It's either going to be a choice to do right or a choice to do wrong. They're the two options. So what's this path of escape look like? If God says, I'm going to give you a way out, what does that actually look like? So I want to give you a couple of, not so much steps, but just some processes to consider such that you can avoid yielding to that temptation. First is this. We need to identify what makes us vulnerable. What is it that makes us vulnerable? Notice I'm not asking you what you're tempted by. You already know that. We often fail to think through. It's, it's that which makes us vulnerable to actually yield into that temptation. What makes us weak? More important than knowing what tempts us, we need to know the when, the why, the how, and the where that actually takes place. And so Jesus says in Matthew 26, 41, he says, Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. And you guys know this one. For the spirit is willing, but the body is The body's weak. And we need to understand that we're vulnerable as human beings. In other words, we may be willing, we may want to overcome temptation, but our willpower is not enough. It burns out quite quickly. No lasting change ever happens with willpower. Think about the resolutions that you made into this new year. How are they going? We all can fail when we're relying only on willpower. So he says, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And he's saying, not just pray, but watch. Look. Listen. So where do temptations in your life come from? Where do they come from? Some are caused by our own sinful way, our own sinful nature. Some of the temptations in life are are caused by the way in which we're nurtured, for the way in which we, we grew up in life. For example, if you grew up in a household that was prone to sort of blow up in anger, you probably learned that pattern from your parents. So some are caused by our sin nature, some are caused by the environment that we live in, some are caused by our character, some are caused by circumstances. We all face temptations. But what is important is to know that what is it that makes us actually vulnerable to the point where we actually yield to that temptation? So we need to ask ourselves some questions. First one is this. When am I most tempted? When do I found myself to really be on the cusp of yielding to a temptation? What time is that? You're going to find there's going to be certain days in the week that you may be more tempted than others. Maybe it's Mondays after a long weekend, or maybe it's, it's Friday because you're looking forward to the weekend. Maybe it's Sunday because you're relaxing. I don't know. Maybe a certain day, though. It could be in the morning. It could be at lunch. It could be in the afternoon. Maybe you're tempted when everybody else is in bed. When is it you're most tempted? And then where am I most tempted? Some of you might be most tempted at work. Some of you might be tempted in the kitchen. Do you get tempted at a sports bar? Do you get tempted at the beach? A lot of people get tempted in front of a computer or their iPad. You need to know your area of vulnerability. Where and when am I most tempted? And then who's with me when I'm tempted? These are some interesting questions to ask yourself. Am I most tempted when I'm alone? Or when I'm with friends? Or when I'm with co-workers? Or perhaps even a crowd of strangers that don't know me. Because they don't know me, I can play with this a little bit. So we need to identify who's with us. And then what's the temporary benefit that I get when I give into temptation? What's the payoff? There's always going to be a payoff. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. It doesn't last, but it brings pleasure. If we're honest with one another, sin is fun. But it's temporary. It creates results and consequences that can be damaging. But what's the temporary payoff? Do you get comfort? Do you get pleasure? Is there a sense of excitement? And then, how do I feel before I'm tempted? Right before I'm tempted to yield. What's that emotional trigger? Is it frustration? Is it boredom? Are you stressed? Are you weary? And you think as a result you deserve it. So, the first thing we need to do is identify what makes us vulnerable. Some real practical steps there. The second thing we need to understand is we need to plan to avoid it. When we begin to understand what it is, you begin to put into plans so that you're not going to yield to that temptation. You don't wait until you're in the situation to decide if you're going to get into it or not. But begin to think about what is it I'm tempted and what am I going to do to make sure and what safeguards I'm going to put in place such that I don't yield to that temptation. We all know where we're tempted. What's that emotional kick? Proverbs 4, 26, 27 says, Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on a safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet, what, from following evil. In other words, plan carefully what you do. Avoid evil. Walk straight ahead. Don't go one step off this way or that way. Stay on the path. Friends, temptation always begins with a natural desire in you. God's given us some very legitimate desires. But it's when those legitimate desires go the wrong way at the wrong time in the wrong amount. For instance, you and I have a natural desire to eat. But let's face it, we can overeat, can't we? We have a natural desire and need to drink. But we can do that too excessive. We have a natural desire to sleep. These are all natural. We have a natural sex desire. But where do you think you got those from? God gave them to you. They're legitimate. They're, they're not evil. So what's the temptation? Temptation is when we abuse and misuse what God has given us. When we abuse and misuse what God has given to us. Fire is good, you would agree with that. It keeps you nice and warm. But if it's not handled properly, it can burn down somebody's house. Water is essential. In fact, our bodies are 90% water, but we understand if we, if we submerge ourselves under water, we're going to drown. What temptation does is it turns a routine desire into a runaway desire. I've got to have it. And I've got to have it now. And we can find ourselves in those moments. Any God-given desire that becomes out of control is sin. So you have to plan in advance. If you know you get tempted when you go into sports bars, simple. Don't go to sports bars. If you're tempted to read pornographic magazines at the local convenience store, don't go to the store. It sounds so simple. It's like that phrase my mom used to say, if you don't want to get stung, you stay away from the bee's. So understand where we're vulnerable. Understand what the steps that you may be lured in. Plan to avoid it. One of the most important things is this next step is to to guard your heart. Scripture values your heart. God values your heart and what you put into it. We read in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. All else. Guard your heart. For it determines what? The course of your life. We all know individuals that have made wrong choices at wrong times, and they've been tempted and they've yielded to it, and as a result, there's consequences and results that they're still living out today. It sets the course of your life when we go ahead and you yield to temptation. You see, the Bible says that out of the heart, everything comes. Everything comes. Temptation always starts inside you, So so often we think, well, it's an external problem. No, no, but the feeling of temptation is going to start within you. James 1.14 says, But people are tempted when their own evil desire, that's inside you, leads them away and traps them. Traps them. If you're serious about breaking the lure of any habits or temptations, you've got to guard your heart. And part of the way in which you guard your heart is by checking your heart. Checking it each and every day, each and every week. Check to see how you're managing. I came across this. It's going to be on the screen. There's this little, um, I know it's a little bit small. On, on the left side, we, these two columns, on the left side, it's, it's something that is, it, it shows uh, weakness. On the right side, it's showing strength. And this is a measure of where you are as as you check your heart to see whether or not you are vulnerable, that you're in a bad place that potentially could cause you to yield into temptation. So just very quickly, let me just encourage you to add up your scores. Okay? So if you're physically exhausted, okay, you're going to be a zero. If you're finding yourself energetic and in shape, you're going to give yourself a four. Where are you on that continuum? Because it will actually influence the way in which you are going to respond to temptation. It's that that tug-of-war again that we we are about. If you're feeling physically exhausted, guess what? You're going to think because I need to get some relief from that. Oh, this sounds good, and this looks good, and I'm just going to step into this right now because it's going to bring some relief to the exhaustion that I'm feeling. So where are you on the continuum? Remember that number. Secondly... Are you discouraged and pessimistic? Or are you encouraged and hopeful? Add that number to the first. Thirdly, bored and discontented? Or are you challenged and contented? What number are you? Add it to the first two. Spiritually dry and empty? Or are you spiritually alive and really growing? Add that number to the first three? Are you feeling distance from others? Are you feeling close to those that you love? I know it's getting a little harder, a little bit more math here, right? Are you feeling insecure and unsure about yourself? Or are you feeling right now more confident and secure? Are you feeling wounded or or deeply hurt? Or do you feel loved and understood? Do you feel bitter or angry? Or are you feeling free from any regrets and any sense of resentments? Add up the score. Where are you on, this, on the sad and happy continuum? Are you finding, you're sad, really, are you finding yourself really sad right now? Are you, are you really joyful, really happy? And lastly, have you felt recently more like you've failed? Or have you felt more recently like you've been succeeding? So what's your score? If your total is between 30 to 40, you're in good shape. And you're gonna be much more resistant, more resistant to temptation. If you're between 20 and 30, the author suggests that you're moving towards danger, that the yellow lights are beginning to flash. You need to be aware that you're being set up by Satan for a fall because he always hits you when you're down. If you've got less than 20 points on your score, you're in the danger danger zone. And you need serious support. The longer you're at this level, the more vulnerable you are. And you begin to think that I deserve some relief from this. I can't take this anymore. I deserve to have some fun. And friends, that's not God whispering in your ear, Chance. Right, friends? That's not. You're being tempted. And you're being set up. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, do not give the devil a foothold. What's a foothold here? It's really a, a negative, negative mental state that you're in, a negative emotion. And anytime you hold on to that a negative emotion in your life for any extended period of time, it allows the devil to get a stronghold on your life. Because the devil's responsibility is to take you down, to create conflict, create faction, create difficulty in your life. So guard your heart. Guard your heart. Next, pray for deliverance. This is what we're really talking about. The idea of coming before God, uh, helping God to understand that you need help. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, I'm walking through this right now. Help me out. I I can't do this on my own willpower. I need your spirit to lead me through. Pray for deliverance, as as did many of the forefathers of our faith, David and Daniel, Peter and Paul. God provides assistance for anybody that asks. Remember, he's going to give you this path, this way out. And when we pray the prayer of deliverance, friends, we can expect God to answer that prayer. We read in Psalm 50, 15, Call upon me in your day of trouble. I will deliver you and I will honor you. As you honor me. Max Lucado said this. Don't face Satan by facing Satan. Face Satan by facing God. Don't face Satan by facing Satan. Face Satan by facing God. Understand that God's there to help us through these difficult moments, these difficult trials and times in life. These temptations. James 4.8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. It's a promise. God's faithful to his promises, friends. Did you know that God is sympathetic to each and every one of our situations? We understand in Scripture that Jesus was sinless. He was perfect, but he, he was tempted. We understand those accounts in the Scriptures. But he's sympathetic to each and every one of our situations. It tells us in Hebrews 4... This high priest, and that high priest is Jesus, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings, all the same temptations that we do, yet he did not sin. Listen to this. So let us come. This is the instruction of the Hebrew writer. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There will we receive mercy, And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When we need it most. When we're finding out we're being lured in, we're being tempted, when we need it most, God, help me. I can't handle this on my own. Give me what's required. You know, sometimes I think when we are tempted, we think that God's ticked with us. It's, it's, it's not the thought, it's, it's how, what we do with that thought that becomes temptation, yielding to temptation. So we pray for deliverance. One of the things that we need to do as well is to turn our attention elsewhere. I've got to change the direction of my thoughts. I've got to refocus on something else rather than the temptation that's luring me. If you're watching something on TV that's leading you into temptation... Don't put your hands over your ears and say, I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to listen, or I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to watch. You flip the channel. Turn the TV off. How many countless times Glenn and I have had to do that, not because we're necessarily tempted, but because of the vulgarity. You've got to flip the channel. Move the attention off of what you're watching. Whatever gets your attention gets you. And God doesn't want us to 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 fight it, he wants us to refocus it. Because he knows very well if we try and fight it on our own, we're going to lose every time. But if we refocus what we're we're focusing on, it will change our ability to win the battle. The battle for sin always starts in the mind. And so we read in in Psalm 119.6, Think about your commands. Thinking about your commands will keep me from doing some foolish things. If I'm thinking about God's commands, I'm thinking about truth. And when I'm thinking about truth, truth is going to pull me in the right direction. It's going to lure me correctly. It's going to allow me to not yield to temptation. It's going to keep me on the right path. If you focus on the stuff that the world produces, whether or not that's your movies or your books, your Instagram, your Facebook, your magazines, it's going to pull you in the other direction every single time. Whatever gets your attention is going to get you. Scripture says that we are to take captive every thought and make it give up and obey Christ. Finally, and this is a really important one, and you hear us talking about this all the time, but there's, this is another reason for it, and that is to get into a group and get a partner in your own spiritual life. It's essential. We need to have an accountability partner. We need to have a spiritual partner. You need to be a part of a small group that can walk alongside you, that when you do fall, there are those that can help to lift you up, that can help to encourage you and comfort you and walk with you. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because together, if one falls down, the other can help him up. But if somebody's alone, and he falls, that means into temptation, there's no one there to help him up. And we all know what that's like. Where we feel guilt, and where we feel shame, and we feel all alone, and we wonder what we need to do to restore ourselves. That's when a spiritual partner A friend in Christ comes alongside and helps you up, reassures you once again of the grace of God and the mercy of God, and sets you right again and helps you as you step forward. Regardless of where you are in your own spiritual journey, you need a friend. You need a group. You need a community of people. Don't do it on your own. I would say, regardless of what stage you are in life, I've been a Christian since I was 17 years of age. I still need a spiritual partner. I still need to be a part of a small group. It doesn't matter how mature you are as a a Christian. You still need those people in your life. You don't want to know why. Because as a mature believer, Satan's coming after you. You're on his most wanted list. He's not going to sit back if you're making an impact and having the influence that you hope to have. He's going to come after you. The Bible says this in Galatians 6 Brothers and sisters if someone in your group does something wrong you some, sorry does something wrong you are you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help them make it right again but be careful because you could be tempted by sin too but by helping each other with your troubles you obey the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? To love your neighbor as yourself. And when we're walking alongside people, when we're helping each other through troubles and temptation, we are being obedient to that law. And if we're going to be obedient, we've got to develop those relationships if we're going to be obedient to that kind of law. And so, friends... Understand where you're vulnerable. Make a plan to avoid it. Guard your heart. Refocus your attention. Get into a group. Get into a spiritual relationship with someone that can hold you accountable and can help you up if you fall. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up and we're going to pray. The prayer of deliverance. God knows where we struggle. And as we said earlier, each and every one of us battles the same basic temptations. It's not as if it's unique to any one of us. It's there. It's real. But God does give us a way out. And so we want to wait on Him. We want to wait the way in which He, His Holy Spirit, directs our lives and and, and corrects our lives. And helps us. Let's reach out to the Father. Let's allow His Holy Spirit to to really change the way in which we manage temptation. Let's draw a line in the sand and say, you know, from this moment, I'm not going to yield. I'm going to follow these principles that are in his word. I'm going to wait for you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your desire to walk alongside us in light of some of these legitimate desires that are ours. But we allow them to get off track, get off the path. For some of those very deliberate temptations or some of those subtle temptations, Lord, we pray that you would continue to direct us continue to help us. Help us, Lord, to guard our hearts, to evaluate the place that we find ourselves emotionally, spiritually, physically, to understand some of the guardrails that we need to be putting up in life to protect ourselves from yielding to this temptation. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to come to you at any point, at any time of the day and offer a prayer of deliverance because you are always there, ready to take our hand, ready to lead us through. So guide us, Lord, today. Inform us. direct us. For we pray in the name of Christ.